This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Hallelujah. It is better to be here than in the best hospital in all of Southern California. Amen. Amen. Or the best rehab center. Or convalescent home. Amen. It's good to be here. Amen. Amen. I'll tell you what, it's good to live in America. No matter how many, how many, uh, things are said about America and how many things come against America, this is the best place in the whole world to be. Amen. And America is coming back to Jesus. You know, sometimes you hear expressions. I remember back in Indiana one time, we had a lot of things going on in our city where our church was and people were saying, what's Martinsville coming to? And the Lord put it on my heart, Martinsville's coming to Jesus. And so what I did, I went out and had a bunch of license plate holders made up because back there you uh, don't have to have a, a state plate with the front of your car, whatever you want. So we had license plates made up and we said, uh, the plate said, Martinsville's coming to Jesus. Got a great big billboard written on the highway and put on the high, on the big highway side everybody saw for months, Martinsville's coming to Jesus. And we started to turn that city around just because people hooked up with faith. And so you know what I can tell you about America? America's coming to Jesus. California is returning to Jesus. Things are coming back to where they belong. I want to tell you what, God is greater than the devil. Amen. God is greater than the devil. What's your family coming to? Amen. What's your health coming to? What's happening on your job? Coming to Jesus. Amen. You know what? We're faith people. Faith doesn't deny things. Faith changes things. Amen. And we as faith people... As we start learning the language of faith more and more and more and more, we will change the world around us. We can't change the whole world. We can change our part of the world. Amen. I can change my house. I can change my church. I can be a part of changing my city. Today we're going to be talking about prayer. How many need one of the outlines? If you need one, hold your hands up. But anyway, we're going to be talking about a uh, prayer that gets results. And as we was worshiping God, I was thinking about something that I shared a while back in a Wednesday night service teaching on faith. How many know that prayers that are prayed in faith in line with God's word get results? And I was thinking about where we live at right here in Southern California. How many know in California, everybody here doesn't speak the same language? I'm not talking politics. I'll give you a spiritual example. Some people here speak Spanish, some people speak English, and some people speak both languages. And you know, you know what the best is? You can speak both languages. Some of the most amazing people I've seen in my whole life was when I came to California in 2005. And it wasn't the educated people. It was the people working as clerks and servers and cashiers. I would see them talking in English, and then just like that, shifted to Spanish. English, Spanish, English, Spanish, back and forth speaking both languages. They were very, very, very productive, got along very well because they could speak two languages. Well, the Bible says that we as Christians, says, says we're pilgrims on the earth. We're just here for a short while. It says that heaven's our home forever. Jesus lives in our hearts. Our Father in heaven, Jesus said, you pray to your Father in heaven. Well, our Father has one language. It's called the language of faith. Yes. Hebrews eleven six says that faith always pleases God. And so we need to learn the language of faith as our primary language. You know, whether you speak English or whether you speak Spanish, uh, you know, that's a plus down here on earth. But we've got to be able to navigate in two realms, you know. We're going to look at some things today that's really going to help you, but I hope you're listening really close to what I'm saying right now. God's trying to get something to your heart right now to change your life forever. Jesus said in John chapter 17 that we're in this world, but we're not of this world. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6 says that spiritually we're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And so when we get to heaven, it's not going to be hard to get blessed. There's no enemies in heaven. The devil got kicked out of heaven. And we're going to have glorified bodies, so our bodies aren't going to bother us in heaven. So it's not hard to get blessed in heaven. Down here on earth, we still got an enemy called the devil. 
Down here on earth, we got an enemy who looks us in the face every morning we look in the mirror. It's called our flesh. That gives us problems and causes things to happen. And so we as believers have to be able to talk earth languages every day to get around. I mean, you know, if, you, if you're going to go to the doctor, God tell you what's wrong with you, you better be able to speak his language. You know, if it's a, a, a Spanish doctor or if it's an Asian doctor, if they don't, you know, you got to speak whatever language they're speaking. you got to speak the language to tell them what's going on. If you go to the bank for a financial transaction, you got to be able to talk in that language. If you got a if you got a cashier that only speaks English and all you can speak Spanish, guess what? There's gonna be confusion there at the window. You're not gonna get the job done. You gotta speak the same language. And so with our Father, we're down here on earth, we talk languages with people, but when we talk to heaven, we gotta talk faith language. Amen. And you know it doesn't make any difference if you're speaking English or speaking Spanish or speaking Chinese or what you're speaking, because the word of God is translated to all languages, it's the word of God. But when you talk to heaven, You'll be able to talk in faith. And see, the, Jesus taught about doubt, unbelief, religious traditions, and all kinds of things. He said that makes the Word of God an effect. So when we talk to heaven, we don't talk beggarly. We're royalty. We're sons and daughters. Hebrews 4.16 says we can boldly approach the throne of grace and obtain. We can boldly approach the throne of grace and obtain. Mercy, grace to help in time of need, whatever we need, but we've got to know the language. It's that somewhat what we're going to talk about today. And so if we're going to be effective, I want to say it again. We've got to know two languages. We've got to know our earth language, but we've got to know our heavenly language too, which is the language of faith, because that's what gets God's attention. And somebody said, what's the opposite of the language of faith? Well, that's, that, that's the language of whining, of begging. That's when you start looking at things. From earth eyes only. You start looking at what you can do. You can start looking at what somebody can do to help you. And then the next thing you know, you look at what a worm you are. You start talking, dear God, I just want to thank you for helping me. I need this, need that. And, uh, oh, I'm so unworthy. Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I wasted your time. I'm done, Lord. There's nothing that happened. But when you learn the language of faith, you come to the Father in the name of Jesus based upon the Word of God. And you say, Father, I know that on my own self I deserve nothing. But I'm not coming in my name, Lord. I'm coming to you in the name of Jesus. And your Word says, and when you begin to talk that language, all of a sudden you've got God's attention. I'll tell you what, I heard a man say one time, there's something about God He'll pass over a million prayers of unbelief if he just hears one prayer of faith. He'll come to that person that's prayed in faith. So that's what we want to talk about today is praying to get results. I want to show you a couple of books before we get right to the Word. This is called God's Creative Power. God's Creative Power will work for you. And got another one called Prayers That Avail Much for New Believers. Prayers That Avail Much for New Believers. Cheap little books, they're probably, well, a couple dollars a piece. But that uh, God's creative power has been out for about as long as I've been saved. I learned so much from the Word of God how to pray from that book right there. That's a very, very, very inexpensive investment to learn the language of faith. And then the prayers that avail much, they've been around about as long as I've been saved too. That's a little bitty book right there, but we've got great big ones. And we learned how to pray in faith, my wife and I, from those prayers out of El Much books. And so right here, those two little books there, $2 a piece. You know, what's this thing called Rosetta Stone? People want to learn another language, you'll get Rosetta Stone. Well, here's your Rosetta Stone right here in many books that will help you learn the language of faith. And, you know, I don't know about you. If you've got it all together and you have no problems, and it makes no difference if your prayers ever get answered or not or whatever. Don't worry about books like that. But if you need help in your prayer life, then get some extra help. Get some extra materials and tap into what God's got because God wants you to get your prayers answered and we'll show you how to do it. So look at Isaiah chapter 56. Isaiah 56. And we're going to look at verse 7. 
This is our theme verse for the year. If you got a church calendar, it's on the calendar. And if you don't have a calendar yet, if they got some left, then, uh, we'll be glad to give you a calendar. It's, it, uh, it's nice to have the High Desert Word Center calendar in your house. Plus, it's got our verse on it to help you learn the verse. But Isaiah chapter 56, verse 7, says, Even them will I bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. When your prayers are answered, and you know your prayers are going to answered, you can have joy in praying. No matter how bad the situation looks, when you know you're praying the answer, and God's going to answer it, you can have joy. And then he said, my house shall be called a house of prayer for some people. My, my house shall be called a house of prayer if they feel led to pray. No, God is saying right here, if you're a Christian, he wants you to pray. Not does he want you to pray, he wants you to be happy and have joy while you pray. And so, for your fill in the blanks, I wrote this down. The Lord never calls us to do anything unless he shows us in the Bible how to do it. He never calls us to do anything unless he's going to show us how to do it. And how many know that when you're a Christian, God is not just God anymore. He's God to the unsaved world, people that don't know him. But the Bible says we're sons and daughters of the Most High. The Bible says that he's our father. How many here happen to be a dad? How many here have ever had a dad? Okay, if you've got a good dad or you're a good dad, you would never tell your child to do something if you didn't tell them how to do it. Wouldn't that be a terrible thing? you got a little kid, you're trying to teach him how to clean up his room, and his room's a mess. And you tell him, you got ten minutes to clean that room up, but don't show them how, they don't know how. Then you go in there, take off the belt, say, man, I'm going to give you one. Man, that mean dad. The kid's standing there confused. And has no idea what to do. But you hold him accountable for doing it. Well, we serve a good God. We have a good Heavenly Father. And He wouldn't tell us. He requires us to be a praying people. And hold us accountable for that. If He wasn't going to teach us how to pray. Amen. Amen. And so, the Bible teaches that God puts pastors and teachers, spiritual leaders in the church to teach. And the textbook we always use is the Bible, God's Word. And so if in His Word, He says, my people are supposed to be praying people, and then He has a pastor show you how to pray, then you're accountable. Amen. Amen. I I like what Pastor Dave's been saying a lot lately in the lessons he's been teaching on different things, that God never tells us to do anything that's not for our benefit. Amen. It's for our benefit. And so anyway, our church has come a long way in the first 13 years that I've been here so far. We've seen hundreds of families and individuals' lives changed for the better. How many have been here for a while and your life's been changed since you came here? Amen. For the better. Praise God. Amen. But for us to continue to grow spiritually and have influence on the families of people of our region... Jesus wants us to come up higher in our prayer life, both individually and in unity as a congregation. He wants us to grow as individual prayers and to pray in unity. You know, I think about uh, the example, heard this one time and it kind of applies right now. A guy driving down the street. Saw a guy breaking a great big heavy refrigerator down these steps. Had these big steps going up to his house. Had this fridge right in the middle of it. He was stuck. And so this guy got out of the car and thought, I'll help him. So he got behind it. And he's pushing, pushing, pushing. And they struggling, fighting back and forth. He's, the guy said, man, I don't know what's wrong. I'm putting all I got in this thing. I don't know if I can ever help you get this up. The guy said, get it up. I'm trying to break it down. <laughs> they wasn't in agreement. They weren't working together. And so we as Christians have to know, if we're going to be praying with somebody, if you've got a husband and wife praying, and one's pushing, one's pulling, you're going nowhere. 
you get in the church congregation and you get half the congregation is praying one direction, other half praying the other direction, then where are they going to go? They're praying against each other. And so we need to learn how to be effective prayers. Number one, in our personal prayer life, develop a prayer life where we know how to talk to the Lord and get answers in our prayers and then be able to be people that hook up with other people and lay down our own desires and say, what does God want? And be able to pray together. And so I believe that this church this year is going to double in everything we've done so far. I believe this church is going to double in, in more than double in salvations. People get delivered. People get healed. People get saved. Financial and everything else. This church is going to double because we're at the end of the church age. And God wants this church to do more than it's ever done before. But it all depends not just on God but on us to obey him. And so he wants us to come up higher in prayer. And so we're going to learn how to pray better as individuals and then also pray together. And so God's word is God's key to answered prayer. God's word is God's key to answered prayer. Would you pray the word or pray the answer? Would you pray the word? You're praying the answer. And of course, it's not just a mental thing. It's not just something from your head, but it's an active daily fellowship with Jesus and the Holy Spirit as your way of life. I want to show you what I'm talking about. Turn to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. And, you know, what, what, are, the, what are the greatest things I learned as a new Christian back in 1980 was to always bring something to write on, something to write with, and my Bible when I came to church. I've got notes and notes and notes and notes of years going by because there's only so much you can get when you're hearing this right now that by the time you leave here, you're going to try to remember. Where was that verse? What was that thing he said? Well, that wasn't on the outline. Oh, I wish I could remember what he said. But if you'll take notes, just write down little phrases and then when you go home, you can write it out in more, more detail again as you remember what's going on. But the examples I heard preachers teach over the years that I still hear. We went to the Holy Spirit Conference a couple of weeks ago, and I heard a lot of things down there. I took a lot of notes, and I've been going over my notes again, because when my pastor, Dr. Barclay, was saying things, some of those things, I felt God was talking right to me, answering my questions. And so I wrote those things down. And so, you know, if there's one thing that I can get into you about how to grow as a Christian, Always bring a pen, a pencil, something to write on, and write these things down when you're getting them. We give you that outline. You can even write things on the outline, but it's really going to help you to get what you need. How many is tired of losing? Yeah. Amen. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about my son, Joe. I remember Joe's always been into sports real big. If you know Joe, you know he is. And I remember on the church softball team, he really wanted to grow and develop in catching fly balls in the outfield. He had a trouble catching fly balls. What Joe did one summer, I watched him do it. He went on YouTube or something. He started watching video after video after video of people that were professionals showing how to judge where a ball is going to come when they hit it. Starting to know which players coming up there, which way they hit to, and how to get a jump up on something or hold back on something. I'll tell you what, Joe became the best church softball player I ever saw. That guy, he would be at center field and cover anything with the fence on both sides because the guy come up there, He'd know where the ball was going to go, and he would field it. And then he wanted to learn how to be a shortstop. And Joe started watching people hitting grounders, learned how to position himself to get grounders. He started studying somebody that knew more than him. And he really upped his game. And so I'm telling you right now, if you want to know more about how to get your prayers answered, listen to somebody that might know a little more than you do. And... Just like somebody would watch YouTube to better themselves in an area of life. Well, Paul said about himself, he said, follow me as I follow Christ. And so I can say this. I've had a pretty successful prayer life for a lot of years. Follow me as I follow Christ. And you're going to have a better filling percentage. You will get some things answered. So John chapter 15, verse 7 and verse 8. Jesus said, if you abide in me, that means live in him, and my words abide in you, 
You shall ask what you will. That's talking about praying, isn't it? You shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. That means answered. Here is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. And so he said that God gets glory when prayers are answered. He said, when you ask it is done, my Father is glorified. So in other words, God wants your prayers answered even more than you do. God doesn't get glory when his people lose. God gets glory when he's able to answer your prayers. That's what Jesus said. Ask what you will shall be done unto you. And I want you to listen to this really closely. Right here, right here will be the answer where 99% of you are missing in your prayer life. I want to make sure I get your attention so you hear this. If this verse only said, if you abide in me, ask what you will, and shall be done unto you. If you abide in me, ask what you will, shall be done unto you. We'd all have it made. Because we're all good at the asking part. There's not a good asker in this church. I'm not a bad asker. Everybody here is good at asking. But Jesus didn't say, if you abide in me, ask what will be done unto you. Notice, there's five little words there, right in the center of this prayer. It says, and my words abide in you. Then I close it down, go home right now, and I gave you enough right there to think about. Jesus said, abide in me, and my words and my words are living in you. Then you ask what you will. Somebody said, well, I don't know if it's God's will. Well, with his words in you, his will's in you. He said, you ask what you will, because my words are in you. And God's word is God's will. So he said, my words are living in you. You ask what you will, because you're asking God's will. How many know it's the will of God for all men to be saved? So if you're praying for people... To get born again, then God's answer to that prayer. He's working on it because you're praying the will of God. How about it's God's will for people to be delivered from the devil? And so when you're praying the word of God concerning somebody being delivered from uh, some addiction, whether it's narcotics or sexual perversion or whatever it is they're addicted to, well, you're praying the will of God. When you pray the word of God, so that's what you will be done unto you. And so in any area of life, as God's word gets in our hearts, and in our mouth, we're praying out, we're praying the answer. And Jesus said, now listen to this, Jesus said, it shall be done unto you. He didn't say, just do all the asking you want to, God will answer anything. He said, no, you do the asking with the word living in your heart, coming out of your mouth. And Jesus is the one who said, it shall be done unto you. Isn't that what he said? shall be done unto you. And my words abide in you. And so to abide in Jesus simply means... You're born again. And so guess what? You qualify to be a prayer champion if you're born again. But just because you qualify doesn't mean you are a prayer champion. you got to take it to the next level then. you got to get the word off the pages into your heart and in your mouth. And so if you want to have a higher percentage of your prayers answered, his word must live in you, which means his words must govern your conduct. His words must govern your conduct. And what that means is this. As you begin to learn the word of God, every decision that comes your way, you get yourself trained to where you automatically on the inside of you think, what's the Bible say? What's the word say? You know, I think about Joshua giving us the new song today, learning songs on love. Well, as I was putting the scriptures on our, our calendar study for a, February, I was thinking, well, February, that's February 14th, everybody thinks Valentine's Day. Well, the greatest love is to love God first. The greatest love is to love God's people like that. And so I thought, we're teaching on prayer, so I'm going to put a bunch of love verses in here for February because faith is God's language, but it works by love. And so we're learning to love. And so if you're thinking that automatically, then strife tries to cross your path in your family, in your home, on your job. Well, your first thing ought to be thinking then, well, what's the Bible say? They're attacking me with words. Well, I know what the Bible says. I don't get mad. I get even. 
No, that's some goofy saying you heard someplace. That's not from God. The Bible says, forgive as you shall be forgiven. The Bible says, where there's envy and strife, there's confusion and every evil work. And so that's when you begin to have the word of God in your heart, in your conduct, when you make a decision based upon not what your head says, not based upon somebody trying to attack you verbally, but based upon what does God say. And we look at our scriptures this calendar, Romans 5, 5, I think it was in there today or yesterday, that God's love is in your heart. And see, Christians get confused mixing their head with their heart. I don't have God's love in my head. I got a goofy head if I don't get the word of God controlling it. And you do too. I have God's word in my heart. I'm not saved because my head feels saved. I'm saved because my heart tells me I'm saved. Because I have the word of God, the Holy Spirit in my heart that says I've called upon the name of the Lord, so I'm saved. I can't love people because my head says they deserve it. I love people by faith because my heart says I can because God's in my heart. That's why I love people. I shut off my head. I love people from my heart, not my head. Now, what am I talking about? I'm talking about what Jesus said. He said, if my words abide in you, in the Greek it says, have their place in your conduct. If his word has its place in my conduct, then I'm going to live in line with the word of God. And then I'm going to pray in line with the word of God. Because it's in my everyday action will come out of me. And you know what I'm starting to do? I've crossed that threshold from the natural world into the spiritual world where God is. I'm speaking his language now. And so with that language of faith, I reach into heaven and I pull things out of heaven I need on earth. You know, another prayer Jesus prayed. He did, Jesus did pray. He said, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That was a prayer he prayed. So the will of God needs to come into the earth in our lives. And you know, somebody said, well, how come the word of God, how come the will of God happens in heaven, not on earth? There's no resistance in heaven. There's resistance on the earth. And so God needs us on earth to pray the answer, which is to pray the word, and then bring out of heaven what we need on earth. Does this help anybody? Are you getting a hold of this? This is how this works. And you know, I, I, I want to emphasize This is not just a preacher making up some things. Jesus said, when his word's in you, you ask what you will. He didn't say, well, you can't never tell what God might do. I'll tell you what, Facebook might might be cute sometimes, but it's not Bible. You put those little likes on there that, well, sometimes he says yes. Sometimes he says no. Sometimes he says, my child, I know better. I would never say I like that. He already gave me better. It's called the Bible. Jesus told me when his word lives in me and I pray his word, he said, it's done unto me. And then he said, my father gets glory. He wants my babies healed. He wants my kids to have good jobs. He wants us to have more than enough food. He wants us to have good transportation. He wants us to have good clothes. How do I know that? Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said, Your father wants you to have good clothes. He wants you to have more than enough food. He says he knows what you have need of even before you ask. So he said, you ask. I'm doing better preaching than you are shouting. Amen. Amen. And so anyway, he said, for the words to govern our conduct, that means they're abiding in us. And I want you to write down some of these things I'm saying. I'm throwing some nuggets out at you. For God's word to truly have influence in your decisions, you must know some basic Bible principles. First, have some influence in your decisions. I'm not going to, I got stuff that I threw in here right here. We're not going to look at all the verses, but I call this Three keys to faith that gets results. And we're talking about praying in faith, speaking the language of faith. So write these down. Romans 10, 17. And we're talking about learning the language of faith and praying in faith. Romans 10, 17 says this. So that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I want you to notice what it didn't say. Now listen to this. 
If we have any religious demons in here, they're going to squirm right now. Keep a straight face and just tell that thing to get off of you. It just rubs your fur wrong. It doesn't say faith cometh by trials. Somebody said, well, that's what my old church always taught me. And you know what? Your old church had plenty of trials too, didn't they? Faith cometh by hard times. No. What's the Bible say? Faith cometh by what? Okay. Now listen to this. Faith cometh by needs. Faith cometh by begging and crying. No. You know what? If God answered prayer because of needs, there'd be no more needs in the world because everybody has needs. Think about that. Do we live in a needy world? Are there a lot of people cried out for help? Does faith please God? Okay, if you're going to get faith, now listen to this. Here's one more I'm going to throw at you. Now this is probably really going to get you. I don't know if I can look or not. Faith cometh by praying. No. Faith doesn't come by praying. Faith comes by hearing. And then when you have the word of God in your heart and you're praying, then there's faith mixed with your praying. Because the word of God said you're praying. So that you're praying in faith when you're praying the word. And so you can pray. And when we pray, that's a great thing to do. We get closer to Jesus. Amen. And you know, uh, Jesus made the statement. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, didn't he? But by what? Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so the word of God to our spirit is like food is to our physical body. Has anybody ever went for a few days without eating before or missed a few meals? Does your body get weak? You go a few days without the word of God, your spirit gets weak. And so your, your spirit needs the word to get strong. But also, your body also needs to breathe to live. You need to eat to live. You need to breathe to live. And so praying to your spirit is like breathing is to your body. You do need to pray. You need to study the Bible. You need to eat. You need to breathe. And so if all you're doing all the time is just going around taking deep breaths and never eating, man, you're going to be a good breather. But your body's going to fall over. If all you ever do is go around all day long, hey, I'm Jimmy. I'll take all you give me. Here's Jimmy. I'll take all you give me. If that's all you ever do is the Jimmy prayer all day long, you're just going around all day long. <sighs> you're doing a lot of breathing, but you're doing no eating. And so we have to understand that Jesus said, that word's got to get in us. And then he said, faith cometh by hearing. And so the number one, the number one principle of faith, you have to make the quality decision some point in time in your life that your Bible is made for something else besides looking good in your case on your wall or on your coffee table or it stays in the back seat of your car until you get to church on Sunday so you can pull it out again. Has anybody ever went through the thing? Where's my Bible? Where's my Bible? It's church day. That'd be like all week long not eating. Say, hey man, where's, where's that snack pack? I need to eat something. Man, it's eat day. I'm going to eat something. Hey man. And so faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And then the number, number two thing, Mark eleven twenty three, for your faith to work. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three, whosoever says to the mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt at his heart. But shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He'll have whatsoever he saith. And so you've got to hear the word of God. Consistently hear the word of God in church and study at home. And then you've got to continue to speak in line with the word of God. You've got to speak in line with the word of God. And then number three. James 1.22 says we're to be doers of the word and not hearers only. To be doers of the word and not hear is only deceiving your own selves. And so it's not what you hear and know, but what you know and do that gets results. It's what you know and do that gets results. You know, I think about, you know, just so many examples we could use. But how many here have ever needed a job? How many here ever put footwork with your job? You either modern time to go online and apply with all the stuff online. Or back in the old days, 
actually go into the office, walk in, and say, I want to apply for that job. I fill out an application, and then you do your part, then you get the job. That's how you get jobs. You pray, but then you do. You know, you just sit home praying all the time and say, Lord, I want a job, want a job, want a job. That never go anywhere. But you pray you want a job, then God will begin to show you something to do to head towards that job. You got to be a doer. You got to go do something. And so when we pray in faith for God to do things in our lives, he will show us something from the word of God that we can do. God's got his part. We got our, our part. And you know, I want, to, I want to tell you this. How many know that we're all at different levels of our Christian walk? Some of us are more mature than others. Some of us don't know as much as others. You know the good thing about God? He will never hold you accountable for what you don't know. But, you know, it depends on how you look at this. He will hold you accountable for what you do know. I want you to stop and think about this. If God knows that you know, and how many believe, have you ever come to the conclusion that God's smarter than you are? <laughs> I remember, I remember, uh, I think about Lemuel back there, to find out we had the same Bible school, but I remember that, remember Charles Neiman out of El Paso, Texas, teaching on prayer? Out of Luke 18. I, I remember, I remember what he, what something he said one day that absolutely, absolutely opened my eyes. He said this, don't con God. I thought, what's he mean, don't con God? He said, you've got to be totally clean with God and honest, because if you're trying to act like you don't know something, and he knows you know, say so you can con people, but you can't con God. And so if there's something you know to do, you can never tell him, I didn't know to do that, because he knows you knew. And so in our lives, when we're praying, when we're getting God's word in our heart, in our lives, James 1.22 says you don't just hear the word and get faith. You don't just confess the word and release your faith. But then you've got to act on the word for your faith to come to pass. And see, I'm talking about some faith things, some faith principles that work in line with your prayer. Because when you pray, if God's going to, if God's going to if answer your prayer, most of the time he's going to tell you something to do. He's going to tell you, go back again and apply for that job again. And then, if you're saying, well, there's already a thousand people ahead of me. Well, if God's for you, who could be against you? And so then, somebody else gets the job and you didn't go. And you can say, God, why didn't you give me that job? It's like the guy that was drowning when the flood came. Everybody knows that story. I mean, all the floods we've seen around America in the last few years. The floods are coming. The warden people get out of there. And the people come past the boat. Say, come on, man, get in the boat. We're going to get you out of here. And the guy said, no, I, I believe in God. God's going to come through. God's going to take care of me. So the boat goes on. The water rises. The guy's up to the second floor looking out the window. Here comes another boat. The water's up higher. Come on, man, get in the boat. We're getting you out of here. We're, we're the answer to your prayer. Come on. No, I believe in God. God's going to save me. So the boat goes on. So next thing you know, the guy's up on top of the roof holding on the chimney. Here comes the helicopter. They're dropping the ladder down. Come on, man. Get on this ladder. We're going to get you out. We're going to rescue you. No, God's going to take care of me. Glub, 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 glub. Oh, this is heaven? Why didn't you answer my prayer down there? I did. I sent you a boat. I sent you another boat. And I sent you the helicopter. You didn't respond. Well, see, in our lives, we have to know that still small voice in our hearts, in line with the Word of God, is God talking to us. And see, that's why, that's why our life is called a life of faith, because it is very hard sometimes when your mind tells you no, but your heart tells you yes, to obey what God said to do, but that's where the blessing is, that's where the answers come. Give the Lord a hand. <clears throat> Amen. And so those principles there will help you to learn how to, how to apply the Word of God to your life. And so I want to say again, it's not what you hear and know, but what you don't do that gets results. And now, because everything we're talking about is revolving around God's Word, concerns God's Word, we need to learn the integrity of God's Word. We need to learn the value of God's Word. 
While we can, while we should be able to act on God's word more than we would of words of a man or a person down here on earth. And so how did God's word get from heaven to the pages of our Bibles? I want you to look at 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. You know, if we just get the revelation, and that's what, that's what I've been believing for this week for this service this morning, that most of you, hopefully all of you, get the revelation that God's word is the same thing as Jesus walking into your church and talking to you. You know, I'm thinking about this. God and His Word are one, and He sent Jesus as His Word to change our lives. And when we're sitting in our chair at home, or our study place, wherever we are, and we have our Bibles open, if we would just make that adjustment in our heart and in our thinking, Jesus, what do you want to say to me today? 1 Peter 2.24 By my stripes you are healed. Glory to God, that changes everything. Well, Pastor, how are you doing? Jesus healed me. Well, how do you know that? Did you hear from him? Yeah. 2,000 years ago, he told me, by my stripes, you are healed. I say, thank you, Lord. I received that. Well, what are you going to do about those bills? Jesus, you got anything to say to me today? Philippians 4.19. But my God shall supply all of your need. According to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Well, Pastor, what are we going to do about the parking lot? God's taking care of it. I heard from heaven. Philippians 4.19. That's the need. We live for Jesus. He said he supplied the need. I've heard from heaven. What did you hear a voice? I heard the word. The word of God is the voice of God. I heard it. Amen. Amen. Well, do you think the Lord could ever, you know, you've done something bad. Do you think the Lord could ever forgive you of that? Well, I know Jesus. I know what Jesus said. Jesus said, forgiven, I'll be forgiven. So I'm a forgiving person, so I know God's forgiven me. Amen. See, I'm telling you, we're going to look at these verses right here. You need to make the choice in your heart that when you hear the Bible, you never have to hear a voice again. God's talking to you right through the Word of God. This is going to become so clear to you today how this works that it'll revolutionize your life. It'll change you forever. Okay. And so... 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says, Some of the scriptures, your favorite verses, all scripture is given by what? Inspiration of God. Let me ask you this. I know we've got a lot of people in here that have a lot of different skills and talents and things in life. Has anybody been ever inspired by somebody else to say, go back and take a college class? I got inspired by what I heard him say. That inspired me. I'm going to do that. I've been inspired to improve your house. Chase up your house. Somebody inspired you by something they said, something you saw. Well, this says that all the scriptures inspired men to write them down. We call it the Bible. Inspired by God. And so God's the one that put his thoughts. God's the one put his heart his desires into the hearts of men and they record them in the scrolls. They're in the Bible. All scriptures inspired by God. Well, get a hold of this. You know, I think about my wife that I like to give her cards and things sometimes. And I know when I give her cards, it's like when I get a card from her. We've got cards from like, man, a long, long time ago. I read those things. Man, I see that young, pretty face again. The first time I read that card and I don't see words, I see my wife. Because she's the one that inspired those words and they speak right to my heart. And that ought to be the same with you at the Bible. When you see Jesus say that I love you this much, you ought to take that from heaven. That God just talked to me. I'm not concerned about this problem because Jesus loves me. I'm not concerned. He already told me he loved me. Well, did you hear a voice? No, he said it right here. He inspired John to write this in the Gospel of John. That he loves me. Amen. And we're, ta- we're talking about, we're talking about prayer that gets results. When you get this word working in you, you understand where it came from. So all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And so God put in men's hearts what to write. His, his words are recorded in our Bibles. Look at 2 Peter chapter 1. 
Second Peter chapter one. Somebody said, well, I've never heard anything like this. Well, I've got the same Holy Spirit as the men had that wrote this. You've got the same Holy Spirit as the men had that wrote this. And so the Holy Spirit had these written down. Holy Spirit's using me to share them with you. And the Holy Spirit in you is receiving it and bear witness. Isn't that wonderful? The same Holy Spirit. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 20 and 21 says, knowing this first. And so we're supposed to know something. It says we're supposed to know this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation for the prophecy. Now, let's talk about the words of God in the Bible. The prophecy came not in old time by the will of man. But look at this. Holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. These things that we're seeing in our Bible aren't just men's thoughts. They're things God put in their heart. God wants us blessed. God doesn't want us going through life not knowing what the answer is. You know, I think about, I just, I, I, I don't know, sometimes I've got to watch my words. I hate religion. I hate religion. I love Jesus and I love the Bible, but religious people killed Jesus. Religious people around the world today are murdering people everywhere. Religion is all about God or sub-God. It invites everybody to the conversation except God. When Jesus is involved, there's not religion. It's life. It's family. It's answers. He said these holy men of God spake as they moved by the Holy Ghost. And when you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you read the epistles, all you see is things like, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. My God will supply all your need. God will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. God is love. He that loveth is of God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God. All you see is answers, 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 answers. And then Jesus told us in Mark chapter 4, Jesus said, now listen to this. He said, it's given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Mysteries means undisclosed things that you can't see, that you don't know. But God says he wants us to know the mysteries, the hidden truths, the secrets of the kingdom. He wants us to know this. How many were here last Sunday morning? Raise your, just raise your hand. Most of you were. You remember we talked last Sunday morning about revelation knowledge from Ephesians chapter 1. I said the greatest need that believers have is revelation knowledge. Well, that's what Paul prayed in Ephesians chapter 1, that the mysteries of the kingdom will be revealed to us by the Holy Spirit through the word of God. And so when these things were revealed to us, then we got answers. And so what I'm telling you this is that these things that were in the Bible written down by men that God talked to, that God wants us to read the same Bible with the same Holy Spirit and the same thing he told these guys, God wants us to go, to go from our head to our heart. It doesn't make any difference how much Bible you can quote. How much Bible do you know that's real to you that you can act on? How much Bible, when you're praying, you can know, well, Father, I'm coming to you in the name of Jesus, and your word says. You know, I was thinking, I was thinking about yesterday. Is Donnie Beardshire in here? Donnie. I, I was praying for Donnie yesterday in our men's meeting, but we had an awesome men's meeting. Guys, how many loved the men's meeting yesterday? It was awesome, wasn't it? I think that was the best one I've ever been to. It was <laughs> It was really that good. But I was praying for Donnie, and I realized when I was praying for Donnie, I quoted about a half a dozen scriptures, but every one of those, I was praying answers for what Donnie wanted prayer for. I was talking to the Lord for Donnie as his pastor, and when I was talking, I said, Lord, your word says, your word says, your word says, well, the Holy Spirit says things in the Bible for pastors that they can do and pray to help people to submit to them as pastors. So when I was praying yesterday, I was praying the answer for Donnie right from the Word of God because those things I prayed were not in my head, they were in my heart. They were revelation knowledge to me about my responsibility as a shepherd. So I prayed those things. And when this gets into you like that, that Holy Spirit that inspired them makes them alive in you. They come out of you. Guess what? 
My Father is glorified because you're bearing much fruit. Jesus said that. Amen? Amen. Is, this, is anybody getting a hold of this? This is getting, getting into you. Okay. And so, Holy Men of God's faiths are moved by the Holy Ghost. And so now, I, I want to bring this full circle, how this relates to prayer that gets results. I want you to look at Isaiah chapter 55. As we study this, if this doesn't light your fire, then your wood's all wet. This is such a great chapter. Isaiah 55. And this is where something's going to light up in you. And something's going to go off in you. And you're going to see something that you've always needed to see right here. You're going to understand how prayer works. And how God answers prayer. Isaiah 55, verse 8 through 11. He said, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh the rain forth in bud, that may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be. So shall my word be, that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return to be void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. It shall prosper the thing whereto I send it. And so as I look at this, you know, I start off with, think about verse 9. He says that his ways are higher than our ways, his thoughts higher than our thoughts. With all the GPS stuff we have now, all the satellite things, and just the little simple stuff I know about going up higher than the earth. Have you ever been on an airplane? Does things look different from up there? When you're the airplane and you're driving over a interstate highway, you can see why the traffic's backed up 10 miles. Up there, you look down, you see the wreck up here. But you're back there, the confusion, all you're doing is just saying things you shouldn't say. And huffing out complaints you shouldn't complain because all you see is the mess. But up here's the answer. And so from the airplane, you look and say, wow, if these people would just get off that exit right there, and take that frontage road. They'd miss this whole thing if they could just do that. Because you're up higher and you see things. Well, the Lord's up higher. He sees things. And that's what he's saying. He said, my ways are higher than your ways. And so you got the little problem you're messing with. And the Lord's looking right here. And he's not just looking at distance. He's looking at two months down the road. He's looking at two years down the road. And he's saying right now that if you don't get off that road you're on, He's saying right now, two years down the road, this thing will come back and bite you bad. Because he's saying something you're not seeing, but you can see what he sees if you get hooked up right. Can't you see what I'm saying? He can show you how to change your road to get to the destination that he has planned for you. And so as we look at this right here, I want you to get a picture of this. But his way's higher. He said in verse 10, the rain comes down as snow from heaven. And so I'm going to paint this really plain because the Bible does. Now, I'm not asking this because I think you're ignorant. I'm going to ask you a question because I want you to think. And this, this is not a setup. It's just looking at the Word of God. How many have ever seen rain? How many have ever seen snow? Okay. If rain and snow come down from taking science in school, we know that all the water been on the earth is still here. It just recirculates, keeps going up, going down. The water's here all the time, going up, going down, different locations. Well, out here in the desert, it's real easy to see. If we have a lot of rain in December or January, what happens about March or April? What comes up in the desert? Flowers come up. Things grow everywhere because the rain came down and it did something. The rain didn't stay here. It went down and it did something. Then it went back up again until it comes down again. And so he's telling us how this works in our prayer arena. He says, For as the rain cometh down, the snow from heaven returns not thither, but it waters the earth and makes it bring forth in bud. When it comes down, it makes something happen. And then it says it gives seed to the sower 
and bread to the eater. I know we've talked a lot. We have farmer sons back in Indiana. And what we've learned about farming is this, that when the crops grow, if you eat all of your wheat and don't save some wheat seed, you can't have any wheat grow next year because you got rid of all the seed. If the corn grows, you eat all the corn and don't save something to plant, you don't get any more corns. You've got to plant seed. There's got to be something in the ground for the water to get in and germinate and all the things the stuff does to make things happen. And so he says right here that when snow and rain come down, says, let us go back up nothing happened. They cause something to happen. It gives seed. It gives food. It causes change to happen in the earth. But then the big key is this. Verse 11, he says, if you understand how that works, he said, so shall my word be. He said, my word works the same way. He said, it goes forth out of my mouth. Where's God live at? Lives in heaven. Out of my mouth. And then it goes down to the earth into the hearts of men. And they write them down in the book. Write them down in the Bible. It says, you shall not return to be void. But accomplish that which I please and prospers the thing which I sent it. So this, here's how it works. God spoke his word to the hearts of men. We've already seen that. He put them in the Bible. Now we hear these words preached. Are we starting our Bible ourselves? And these words get off these pages and get into our heart. And Jesus said, our hearts are God's soil. And so as that word from heaven came down, recorded, it gets off the book, gets into our hearts, but it says it doesn't return void, it causes something to happen. Puts faith in our hearts, causes faith to grow, so it gets in our hearts, it produces faith, and then, now get this, then when we pray those words out, just like the rain goes back up, the word's going back up. The word comes down, gets in our hearts, we pray the word back up. But before the word goes back up, guess what? It produces. Before the rain goes back up, it produces. And so God said, so shall my word be. said, my word comes down, but it doesn't come back empty says, does something before it comes back up. So when we pray the word back up, what it leaves behind it is healing. If you're praying healing, it's going to produce healing. Isn't that what he said? My word's going to produce like rain and snow does? If it's deliverance, it's going to produce deliverance. If it's family restoration, you're praying the word of God about your family, God said right here, said, my word will not return void and accomplish that which I please. And so this is what we're talking about, praying to get results. Everything we said has come full circle. God's word comes down, gets all these pages. Somebody like me preaches the word of God out. Your heart is soil. God's word's coming into your heart. It's getting watered. But now something's got to happen on your end. you got to speak it out before it goes back up. And when it goes back up, the results are healing, deliverance, salvation, promotion, abundance. In other words, answered prayer. This is one of those moments where you just stop and think, wow, let this soak in. And so, on and on. And so if it's in the Bible, get the Bible in your heart and in your mouth, and it will come to pass in your life. You can pray and get results when you live and you pray the Word. You can pray and get results. And so, for your homework, just those few verses right there in Isaiah and with the help of the Holy Spirit go home read those few verses 8 to 11 close your eyes and get a picture of a garden close your eyes and get a picture of the desert close your eyes 
a picture of what happens when rain comes down and things grow. And then picture in your life what you need answered. Whatever the need is in your life, you picture what it is you need. And you find out what God's Word says. You write it down. You put it in your heart. You pray it. And then you're going to know that cycle's working. The Word came down. Fertilized your heart. Word went back up. And the harvest is, you're healed. The harvest is, your marriage is restored. The harvest is, you got that promotion. The harvest is, your kids came home. The harvest is, that brother, that sister, that's addicted, got delivered. That's what the harvest is. Because Jesus said, my Father is glorified. Would you pray the word? He gets glory. Amen. Let's stand up. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.